The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. And uh, the X-Zone is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and X-Zone TV. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. And don't forget, this coming Monday, July the 26th, we go live 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year at xzonetv.com. My guest uh, tonight in this first hour of our show before we all head off for the weekend is Dr. Brian Carlisle. And Dr. Brian has appeared on radio specific to UFOs and alien encounters. His novel, Romancing Jehovah, explores the true origins of human civilization, which pairs the author's study of early civilizations and religion with an artistic leap of faith to construct a Genesis story unlike anything you've ever read. 
His first-hand knowledge of the unexplained demonstrates his awareness of things not available to common perception. These experiences have shaped and molded his life. His latest work, Immortal Dying, exposes ancient Egyptian gods and their otherworldly influences to the world and their effect on humanity as a whole. Dr. Carlyle is an expert in the field of religion and the unexplained, consisting of, but not limited to, spirituality, extraterrestrials, paranormal phenomenon, and religious experiences. His website is www.bdcarlyle.com. That's www.bdcarlyle.com. And Dr. Brian Carlyle, welcome to the X-Zone, sir. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be here. <laughs> uh, do- Doctor, we're going to have to take a commercial break very shortly, but how long have you been interested in extraterrestrials and the connection between ancient religions and philosophies to the modern-day phenomenon of extraterrestrials? Well, I've been interested since I was a child, but mm-hmm. uh, I've only been specific on it for about the past decade. And it seems that more and more uh, people are looking up to the <clears throat> skies, uh, looking for answers, and... I'm going to enjoy my hour with you talking about the ancient Egyptians as well as how we today in society look up to the sky for the answer and what the what the connection is between the religious philosophies. So please stand by, Doctor. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. Dr. Brian Carlyle is my special guest. Once again, his website is www.bdcarlyle.com. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, our toll-free worldwide number is 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break with Dr. Brian Carlisle. Don't go away. Dr. Brian Carlyle is our special guest, www.bdcarlyle.com. And, uh, Doctor, do you really believe in alien life? And if so, why? Well, um, obviously, I've, I've heard the, the statement before that if we're the only ones in the universe, then everything in the sky is a mighty big waste of space. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that, that we're it because why else would you have everything else? Uh, there are too many Earth-like planets out there that we're still discovering that are able to sustain life. So, I mean, just logically mm-hmm. speaking, it's it's only rational to believe that there's something besides just us. Um, human awareness grows. Uh, at, the, at the beginning, we thought we were the center of the universe, and now we find out that we're only hanging on by a thread out 
the outer edge of it. So, uh, yeah, it's only reasonable to believe, just logically speaking, that, the, that there's something more out there. As far as why I believe that, um, from my earliest memory, without any outside influence, I, I remember uh, being frustrated with my family because I didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And, and the prevailing thought was, uh, I wish the aliens would come and take me home. And this is when I was like six and seven years old and had no idea who aliens were. So why would I have such a strong desire to be away from here hmm. if I didn't already have that kind of belief built up in me? Um, I've seen different things that are unexplainable that uh, can only be attested to being extraterrestrial. Um, what about proof, Doctor? Pardon? I, I'm sorry, sir. What I, I, I was just I was just asking you what about what about proof? What kind of proof is there that there is actually extraterrestrial life? Well, if we go back into uh, ancient records, archaeology, uh-huh. we have several civilizations. The Sumerians have have uh, left behind evidence that they have had encounters. The, even the ancient Egyptians have left behind evidence that they've had had encounters. Um, the Maya, anyone that's left anything that is sustained for any period of time, especially thousands of years, have carved statues and glyphs into rocks of things that can only possibly be um, alien astronauts or you know extraterrestrial visitors, because obviously they didn't have that technology themselves. I, I understand, sir, that they didn't have the technology, but could it not have been something that they imagined that this was their perception of, of a god or a deity, and this is how the deity would get from one point to another? Or or do you really believe that it was based on visual representations? Well, I actually believe it was on, based on visual, visual representations. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sumerian gods are the and Anunnaki, and as many of studies have uh, indicated, uh, Anunnaki are actually a, a tw- type of uh, alien presence. Um, the Judaic mysticism um, has a belief in the Elohim, which we've carried over into uh, Judeo-Christian religion. Right. And Elohim, it's, the word itself is plural. Mm-hmm. It means sky gods. So they, they started that. So, I mean, if we still believe in it even indirectly, then it has to have some legitimacy in fact, because even the smallest rumor has an element of fact in it. What makes you an expert in your field? Well, let me see. Well, obviously I've had, uh, I have a degree in, I have a degree in Bible, um, a BS and BS, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. It's a Bachelor of Science in Biblical Studies. I have a uh, Doctorate of Divinity in Comparative Religions. Um, my entire life I have questioned why. Um, I jokingly say that's why there's a why in my name, because I always ask that question. Um, but the seriousness of it is that I've always asked and challenged, and when I was at Bible College, I challenged. I see, you know, and they, they were like, well, they finally got frustrated at me and said, because God said, well, that doesn't work. Just because you said so doesn't mean it's real. 
so I, I delved deep. I delved deep into every religion and, and, and found out that there's a lot of commonalities. And there's a lot, I mean, across the board of different religions that uh, have looked to the sky and have had tangible evidence of people coming down and, and saying, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do to help you. Mm-hmm. That, whether they call them angels, they call them gods, they call them demons. I mean, throughout human evolution, there have been points where we have evolved beyond where we should have at that point, where we've made leaps in human evolution that could have only been substantiated by an external influence. And that external influence could only logically be some, something outside ourselves. Um, look in the Webster's, even. Webster's Dictionary says that anything that's not of this earth is mm-hmm. extraterrestrial. So if you take that to its full extent, then God himself is an extraterrestrial. And uh, that's one of the things I explore in my novel is that if God is an extraterrestrial and he's had that kind of influence on us, how did he do it? And then that would also mean that he's just, in his world, almost an ordinary person. But in our world, we call him God. So so your beliefs um, are, are in much accord with those of the Raelians, uh, where they believe that God was a uh, God or those who created life on this planet were extraterrestrials and there was a lot of inter intervention and intermingling between the the um, excuse me the space explorers that came to this planet and those who were already here well yeah absolutely I mean and then again it comes down to vocabulary sure um, you can call you can call them fallen angels you can call them the Nephilim which were a a race created between Mm-hmm. The, the, the those from the sky and humanity. It doesn't matter what title you give them, the fact remains is that throughout human history, even especially in <clears throat> excuse me, ancient sure. Indian traditions, as far as uh, people from India, that, and, and they've got their entire history. You know, the Bhagavad Gita has is, is got tons of alien influence in it, and where they describe in great detail spaceships. Um, I mean, there's there's just too much written evidence there that if you were to take it objectively, without without the spiritual or without what you've been taught to believe, and you look at it, it's all there in black and white throughout our, our, our history and our existence. So, I mean, to, to deny that it's possible is erroneous, and then, then if you take it even further and just, just flat out deny it at all, then that would mean that you're just putting your head in the sand because you you choose not to believe what's sta- staring you in the face. I mean, if, if you want to go to the other extreme of it, mm-hmm. go to Walmart any day. You can see people that obviously look like aliens. Oh, <laughs> so boy. I mean, Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I mean, all right. You, 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 made, you know what? That's the best evidence I have ever heard. And I've been doing this show for 20 years, and I think you nailed it to the T. Well, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's mere observation. I mean, it's, it's simple. And mm-hmm. whether you observe mentally or yeah. observe physically, uh, it doesn't matter. If, if you halfway pay attention to what's going on around you and you're not just totally absorbed, then you've got to think, there's something else going on here that I don't have no concept of. And for me, that means I have to find out why. I have to find out what's going on and, and who's doing it and mm-hmm. how I can join the club, you know. 
because anything that advances my knowledge is, is of utmost importance to me. That's my goal in life is to have as much knowledge as I can. It's, it seems, so if, it if seems you, Dr. Brian, that in biblical <laughs> times that there was a lot more intervention between the extraterrestrials and, uh, and uh, those on this planet and that they were more willing and eager to, to help out. You would think that with the condition that the world is in, uh, the hunger, the famine, the, the, uh, the, the disaster that is presently going on in the Gulf of Mexico, that if, if they were there, why aren't they helping in the modern times as they helped in the olden times? <laughs> Well, um, one of the things is is that, number one, we were a little bit more open to things back then. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw something come from this guy. He was automatically uh, accepted as being a higher power or God or whatever. And, and so we were like, okay, what can we do to help? Now we're more skeptical. And so anything, any of that kind of intervention has to go uh, under the table almost, you know, unseen, behind the scenes, um, as far as what we've, the hole that we've dug ourselves into, um, a lot of people are looking to, for instance, being that we're approaching upon 2012, mm-hmm. and uh, the Mayan calendar ends at 2012. Well, a lot of people think that means it's going to be end of existence, when in fact it means a rebirth. Yeah. So it's going to be an end of the world that we have become accustomed to, and the beginning of something so brand new that we have no concept of even imagining it. Or it could simply mean that it's the end of the Mayan calendar and it's time to put up the new one. (laughs) True, true. And you take down the 1932 calendar and put up the modern one. 1933 calendar, right. But you see, what, what, you know, you were saying that we were more acceptive back then and were were more skeptical Mm -hmm. these days. Well, if they were in fact there, and if they did in fact show themselves, how could the world be skeptical then? Like a lot of the skepticism is being perpetrated and fueled by the UFO community itself. Well, yeah, because the the best place to hide something is in plain sight. Exactly. And so if if you create your own, I don't know, uh, conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. To explain away what you believe in, then people won't believe it, and you can get away with whatever you want. That's right. Doctor, please um, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Nation, Dr. Brian Carlisle is our special guest this first hour of tonight's show. His website is www.bdcarlisle.com. That's www.bdcarlisle.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break after the news as well as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. But when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody's going to jump for joy. Come on
You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Dr. Brian Carlyle is our special guest. His website is www.bdcarlyle.com. Um, you, you and I were talking before the news break about the early biblical times and how there seemed to be quite a bit of intervention and help from those above. And when you look over at Greek mythology, Greek mythology seems to mirror Christianity in the fact that the deities lived on high and uh, both the the um, head deities in, in Christianity, God, and and in uh, Greek mythology, Zeus, both, both had mortal sons who had extraordinary powers. Now, is this also found in other religious philosophies? It's fascinating you should mention that. Uh, if you think about the, the Vikings and, and uh, you had Thor and you mm-hmm. had Odin, and Odin, actually, being the history of that religion is older than Christianity, and Odin himself was said to have spent three days on a tree near death, uh, facing total darkness and gaining wisdom. And this was this predates Christianity. Wow! So the idea of of a savior mm-hmm. on a tree is is nothing new. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's found in many other religious philosophies. Um, any of the great prophets right. have, have been either sons of deities or di- direct mouthpieces or advocates of a, of a higher power. And it's, it's most likely been folk that are um, more apt and more receptive to the connection between not only themselves and their, their greater tr- personalities, but of course to uh, any kind of outside influence, be that alien or otherwise. What about the Egyptians? Uh, did they have a connection with extraterrestrials that could tie into the examples that, that we just talked about, uh, where it was the Vikings and, and then uh, the Greek mythology and then Christianity? Is there a common thread with Egyptology as well? 
Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, they believe, especially in the the, the Pharaohic dynasties, that mm-hmm. um, their the Pharaoh, their king, was also a god. So he was the physical representation of their god, which is what Christianity is based on. And and of course, like you said, many other religions are based on the physical uh, manifestations of their gods. Uh, so he wasn't just uh, their leader. Uh, militarily or mm-hmm. monetarily he was their spiritual leader because he was also the high priest of his religion and he was their god so that he was worshipped as a god um, their strongest highest uh, pharaoh throughout history was uh, Ramses the Great and time and time again he'd go he'd uh, kick butt take names come home and be mm-hmm. their god and uh, that's what my second book is about Ramses but anyway um, but yeah, there. And then, of course, you have um, Akhenaten, yes. who tried to take away from their traditional beliefs and moved to the capital. Tried to tell them that he was the only son of God, uh, Atun, yes. and that uh, his wife Nefertiti. And if you look at them, and of course uh, Tutankhamun, his son, the really famous child king. They definitely don't look exactly human. No, they had they elongated skulls, bodies. yeah. Exactly. They had, they had skinny little bodies, elongated heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, do you have to look at a yearbook and find the aliens there, too? Because there's obviously people that are not traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, the way they are human. All right, let me, let, me, is, let, me just, let me just sum it up. All you have to do is go to Walmart. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Go to Walmart. Just just grab a bench. Because uh-huh. most of them have the McDonald's in them. Grab some fries. Yep. And just people watch. I'm serious. People watch. And, and you can mistake them. Because I, that's what I do when I go with my wife. She's shopping. And mm-hmm. I'm people watching. I'm like, okay, alien, maybe alien. No, not definitely not an alien. You know, I do that. Because <laughs> it's easy to figure, figure out which ones are. It's like, they should have picked a better suit. Because they really are yeah. not quite pulling it off. Do you think it's possible, uh, Dr. Bryan, that the so-called aliens that that people think look like the greys or they look like uh, reptilians or they look like praying mantises may actually, in fact, look like us? Because if we're saying that, that religion and religious philosophies are based on extraterrestrial intervention... And let's just take Christianity for now. In the Bible, it says, "And God said, let us create man in our image, our mm-hmm. likeness. That would mean that we actually look like our creator. So mm-hmm. the extraterrestrials may already be here interacting with us, and we wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I fall back on that all the time. Why would it say, let us create mm-hmm. man in our image, if there's not a plurality? Right. And of course, again, like I said, it carries over to the Elohim, which yeah. are a plural. Um, but yeah, I have, I've long believed that they you know, they walk among us. It's, in a lot of ways, it's obvious. I think they're just waiting, inviting their time, waiting for their moment to where uh, they can come out and say, okay, those that want to advance and become better humans, come with us. The rest of you yeah. can stay back and play amongst yourselves. But... Uh, yeah, I, I honestly believe that. It, 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 it's, it's the only rational or logical thought, because otherwise we're going to dig ourselves to a deeper hole that we can't possibly get out of. Mm. The, 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 the ironic part about this entire scenario, sir, 
is that mm -hmm. humans do not get along with humans mm -hmm. mostly because of religion. And mm -hmm. yet, we're saying that even though mm -hmm. the names of these religions are different, their source is the same. So why can't we just so why can't we just get rid of the dogma, get rid of all the misconceptions, get to the truth, and live happily ever after? That would be beautiful. That would be wonderful. That's what I'm hoping for. But people are people, and they want you know their definition of something is mm -hmm. totally different than someone else's. Um, I I wrote actually I wrote a paper when I was in college the first time in getting my Bible degree that explained about a group of people, I think I called them the pink people, and uh, they had their own names for God. You know, they called God Bob, and his son was Joe, and whatever. And that uh, when the outsiders who were Christians came in and tried to convert them, they didn't truly convert them. The, 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 the people, that were, the indigenous people, simply changed the names of their gods. Um, and that's what happened with the Scandinavians and the Vikings, is they didn't lose their religion, they simply changed the names of their gods. They still worshipped Odin, they still worshipped Thor, they just changed him to Jehovah and mm. Jesus. All right, so let me ask you a hypothetical theological question, and I, and I hope you don't mind. No, no trouble at all. If, if the Viking theological philosophy outdates Christianity... And the Greek mythological philosophy outdates Christianity. Uh -huh. Is the story of Jesus Christ a myth based on other religions or other philosophies? And if it is, what else is a total myth? And are millions of people around the world putting their faith, putting their belief, putting their hopes in a lie? It's interesting you should ask that question because, um, now, I don't necessarily believe that it's a myth. Okay. Mind you, there, there, there's actual historical evidence that there was someone named Jesus mm -hmm. and, and that, that he did exist. But it wasn't until the Council of Nicaea in the year 999 that Christ was actually, well, Jesus the Christ was actually considered anything but a good guy. He was just a good prophet, he was just a great guy, but he wasn't considered divine whatsoever. So, I mean, there's nearly a thousand years of them worshipping uh, someone they thought was just a really great guy. Wasn't he a and, rabbi and as well? So, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a rabbi. Oh. He was a member of a, a, a sect called the Essene. Mm -hmm. And the, the leader of the Essene or their high priest, is actually called the Christos. Ah. So he was their leader. He was Jesus the Christos of the Essene. And so, uh, yeah, he, he was a rabbi. And I think that if you just stand back again, I explore this, but mm -hmm. um, he was wanting to be accepted amongst his own kind. So that would mean becoming a member of the Council of Elders, which was the... the um, Oh, goodness gracious, what do they call them? Um, the the high priests of his day. And the the, one, the very ones that, that cast him out. Um, but do, do I believe that it was a myth? Mm -hmm. I believe that we believe what we want to believe. Were they called Pharisees and back that, then? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, the Pharisees and Sadducees mm -hmm. and, and this, the different 
groups of, of, of this council of elders, and they were actually called the Council of Judges, right. too, amongst the, the, the Judaic faith. And, and he wanted more than anything, if you think logically. Of course, it wasn't written this way, but if, if he was already a high priest in an outside sect, and he was already a rabbi, his aspirations would be to be a member of this group. And naturally, the high priest would, of that group wouldn't mm-hmm. want him involved because he'd, he'd be after his job. So he'd have to make up something to get rid of him. Um, I, I do believe that he simply, you know, he'd come to a point in his life where he'd reached the pinnacle of his career, realized he couldn't do anything else with it, and just simply walked away and, and let people believe that he had uh, been resurrected. Because there is no physical evidence that that part of it happened, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, people will believe what they want to believe, and, and they will put faith in whatever they want to put faith in. But I mean, if you stand back again and make a, a, a an observation based on logic and reason, yes, he was a nice guy. Yes, he may have done some spectacular things. He was an example of what we can be if we allow, allow ourselves to be that way. Therefore, that alien DNA that's inside all of us could come out if we allow it to, and we can do things that mere mortals call miracles. Why did you write a novel, sir, and not a fictional account about ancient aliens and the connection between religious philosophies and uh, the connection that you and I have been talking about over the last hour? Because if people uh, think that it's absolute fact, mm-hmm. then they're going to, you know, they're either going to believe it or disbelieve it or just leave it at that, and then, then they're going to argue about it. And I don't want an argument. I want people to think. Um, if you've ever re- read any of James Redfield's books, oh, sure. um, the, then you see that there are some deep, serious philosophies mm-hmm. that come through. And, and I mean, and, and, you know, so the Celestine prophecy itself, they made into a movie, and, and these philosophies come through. And he didn't; he could have written a nonfiction, and, and people would have read it, but not nearly as many. And the fact that I was able to craft it and create it into a, into a fictional account enables people to explore beyond what they know. And everyone, I mean, I've only, you know, I've given it out to, to a handful of people that I know mm-hmm. and would be objective, and they've read it, and they've said, when's, when's the sequel? That's what I always ask is, when's the sequel? Uh, because I've been a poet for 20 years, 30 years, 30 years, since I was a kid. And I was able to craft the work almost like a giant work of poetry in that it has a momentum, it has a flow, it has a cadence. And you can snatch onto that from the beginning, and it will carry you all the way through. But, you know, and then I throw in different it's in my philosophy and my, my things that I've studied because everything I write is based on fact with just a little bit of fiction thrown in so that you have to think. But that way, anytime you go back to it, it may have come off as a novel, but when you go back to it and you go research what I've researched, you're like, well, part of this is real. So how much of it is actually real and how much is it not? So let me, let so me ask you, the, let me ask you this as, as a, as a, a, a theological scholar is the Bible a novel or is the Bible a work of fiction? Well, think about this: 
the four Gospels of the New Testament that everybody relies on as the synaptic mm-hmm. Gospels were written uh, not concurrent with the life of Christ, not even a few days after or a few years after. They were written anywhere from 50 to 70 years after the occurrence of Christ. Now, I can barely remember what I did last week and write about it. <laughs> That's so because you're spending... how can I remember... How, I mean, can you... how would I be able to remember years ago what happened verbatim and write it down? That's because you spend way too much time at Walmart, sir. You and I have to take our final break. Please stand by, Dr. Brian. Dr. Brian Carlisle is our special guest. We have to have the doctor back on because I love the way he thinks. www.bdcarlisle.com is his website. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Don't go away, especially to Walmart. Dr. Brian Carlisle is my special guest this hour, www.bdcarlisle.com. And I have to ask you at this time, Doctor, are you an alien? Um, I wonder if I am or not. If you look at my family I, and, and look at the people I grew up with, mm-hmm. I, I believe that I am compared to them. Um, so you never know. I, I, I might very well be. Um, I, I, I keep waiting for that, that awareness to come that, you know, maybe I'll make that leap in human evolution and, and realize, yes, I'm an alien. How can I fix the world? Uh, but as far as any tangible proof just mm-hmm. yet, it's all circumstantial, and I'm still waiting on that proof. With your knowledge of history, biblical history, and other religious philosophies and their histories, taking a look back and seeing where we are today, Doctor, where do you think the human race as a whole is headed for tomorrow? Well, I'm very hopeful. I'm an optimist. I've, mm-hmm. I've often said that if I were lost in the woods with both arms, both legs broken, and in a ditch, the only place I'd have to look is up. So um, I, I believe that we we may not be able to dig ourselves out of the hole we're in, mm-hmm. but at least we're able to crawl out once we get ourselves together. Because if you put human goodness and human kindness together, especially if you've looked at anything that's ever happened in Oklahoma, um, if there's a tragedy that strikes, Oklahomans are the first to step up and help each other out. So I believe in human goodness and, and the ability for humanity to rescue itself. We just have to get to a point where we've gotten sick and tired of being kicked, have dirt kicked mm-hmm. on our heads to, to dig out of that hole. So I, I see humanity as being able to, to save itself when it's willing to. 
And, and again, like I said, it may take that outside influence or that intervention mm-hmm. to jumpstart us, to get us to the point where we say, okay, fine, if, you know, because if we don't do it our way, they're going to do it their way, and we might not yeah. like their way. Doctor, where can listeners get a copy of your new book, Immortal Dying? Uh, well, they can go to my website. It's right there on the front page. They can't miss it. Um, and there's a direct link to buy it there. It actually says buy now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's uh, you, you've given them the website ample times. I mean, they can't miss it. They can read a sample chapter to determine whether or not it's worth their time. And it's not expensive. It's uh, 14.99. I mean, that's not a big deal. And if they and if they write me, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. If they write me, I can give them a discount code that will knock off the price of shipping. Wow. So, so and then that that itself is a good five bucks. So I mean, yeah, I make it easier than pie to get it, and, and they can thumb through it and they can read it. And and but I have to have a little caveat there because all of the sex in that book is implied. I've had one of my readers come to me and says, you're a pervert. I said, no, I'm not. You're the pervert. Because everything I wrote in there was for your imagination. But you know, we're running out I'm sorry, Doctor, we're running out of time. I've just got about 30 seconds. Okay. First of all, I want to thank you very much for okay. joining us. Exonation, www.bdcarlisle.com. The name of the book is Immortal Dying. And my guest this hour has been Dr. Brian Carlyle, and I guess we can say, Doctor, that this would be a great book to bring to Walmart with you. Oh, absolutely. Take absolutely. care. Take care of yourself, good doctor. Nice talking to you. Have a great weekend, sir. I'll be back well, on the other too. side of this break as the Exxon continues. Don't go away.